Enterprise Management 360, your main source for tech news, analysis, podcasts, and videos for the enterprise. Welcome to the EM360 podcast, where we have a weekly conversation with people who are impacting the enterprise tech landscape. My name is Matt Harris, editor here at EM360. In today's episode, I'm joined by Chris Hickman, CSO at Key Factor, and we're going to be talking about the reasons why you need to care about machine identity. Chris, welcome to the show. Thank you, Matt. Pleasure to be here. Yeah, pleasure to have you, Chris. Could you just walk our listeners through a little bit about, you know, who you are, what you do, and, you know, the sort of place that Key Factor holds in the current market? Absolutely. Um, So I I have been with Key Factor for 16 years. We're an organization that looks to uh, manage and and build digital trust in a a connected world. Um, What we really mean by that is that we see every device as needing a unique credential in order to authenticate itself to networks and and, and interconnect uh, amongst each other. And uh, Key Factor as an organization uh, provides solutions for organizations to be able to manage those identities across an ever-expanding landscape of different devices and uh, whether they reside in your organization or in cloud. Got it, got it. So how, how do you personally define machine identity and where would you say is the machine identity kind of space right now? So machine identities really are um, secure identity that is derived to uniquely secure and and authenticate a machine. Uh, Much of that historically has been things like X509 certificates and SSH keys, but they're they're not exclusive. There's a number of different ways in which uh, machines are uniquely identified. And these machine IDs in particular have started to creep onto the radar because I think most organizations have come to the realization now that they've spent a lot of time and effort in streamlining and uh, making uh, bulletproof, for want of a better term, their human identities. But the time has come now really to start looking at, okay, now that we understand who people are in our organization, how they interact with each other, how they securely authenticate and the such, we need to start doing that with machines and a number of, of different types of initiatives and organizations like Zero Trust and Move to Cloud are really uh, accelerating the uh, the need for uh, for machine identity and machine identity management specifically within organizations. Yeah, you, you kind of phrased that as though, you know, this is kind of a new thing where, you know, organizations are, are just now uh, paying attention to machine identity. So, you know, why is that? Is this kind of like quite a new thing? Are sort of more companies waking up to this now then? I, th- I think there's a number of different factors. Um, I think, uh, you know, it's, it's, it, it is the next evolution of identity. You know, we now have, have dealt with the people problem. Let's, let's look at the, uh, at the things that they are using day in, day out that are equally important to uh, understand and know, uh, you know, what these devices are. Um, you know, we need to secure the communications between these devices, the front end and the back end systems that we use all the time. Uh, we need to communicate or we need to secure the communications that are moving outside of our organizations to our various cloud assets and and so on and so forth. Um, Yeah, I think the other reason why this has sort of become a a here and now uh, topic is because organizations are looking at the different teams that manage identity and there's sort of some consolidation happening. And if I take the example, for instance, of of PKI and X509 certificates, 
whereas traditionally that was the domain of a particular security group. Increasingly now we're seeing um, the day-to-day responsibilities for the issuance of the certificates that identify machines, as an example, falling into the identity management team. So there's a sort of consolidation that's happening around identity in the organizations, uh, and that's sort of driving this, this notion of, okay, it's not just security, it's also an element of identity, and therefore we need to sort of look at this problem a little more holistically and start to look at how we manage uh, identity as a whole in the organization. And then there's suddenly this sort of glaring gap that says, hey, we've issued all these things, we have all these credentials out there for these devices that we're not managing today in an effective way or, or, or at all. And therefore, yeah, we need to get those those taken care of and brought in line with the way we manage other identities in the organization. Mm, yeah, in- interesting. And speaking of that kind of consolidation aspect, can you tell me a little bit about identity as a single thread and how that fits into this conversation? Yeah, it's it's sort of what I was alluding to earlier. Um, this, this this approach towards consolidation of identity in organizations, where security teams are setting policy. But the day-to-day management of, of identity sort of falls to this uh, identity management team. If you're an you know, Microsoft um, uh, organization, you might, uh, you might be responsible for things like Active Directory. And those identities are generally you know, issued from in, in those types of environments from those, uh, those types of, uh, of applications. So really, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's looking at identity right through the organization when you start to look at um, as i mentioned previously things that are driving you know some of this consolidation um, um, zero trust is a great example where i need to know definitively who the person is and i need to know definitively what device that they are coming from so that i can now build the trust that's needed for accessing back-end resources within uh, within my organization not to, not to oversimplify it but there's this sort of interplay between the device that i'm on and who i am uh, that needs to be taken into account now to be able to effectively manage uh, access authorization and to apply the same sort of security context throughout all the back-end communications for the assets that I'm trying to uh, to access in order to do sort of my day-to-day role. Got it. So, so what are you know what what are some of the challenges that enterprises are seeing, especially with regard to the scalability of their identity management stacks? Yeah, that's a that's a great uh, great question. Obviously, uh, uh, it, it it somewhat varies from organization to organization, but you know the commonality that we're seeing is that you know by and large, organizations have very little understanding of where all of these credentials and identities live within the organization. Again, you know the the time and the effort has been put to date into the people identities. Machine identity has been largely ignored. So. Uh, you know, organizations are are struggling just to figure out, hey, how many certificates, how many SSH keys do I have in my enterprise? Where do they live? What what are they used for? Uh, where are they issued from? You know, are they safe to begin with? Are they up to current standards? Are they up to uh, to to uh, uh, do they have a good lifecycle management protocol attached to them? So. Yeah, a lot of it right now is this organization is trying to figure out how big the problem is uh, within their 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 space, and then um, you know from there building on their sensible practices and policies that allow the organization to continue to scale. So scale also sort of becomes this this element of this where um, more and more certificates are being used in organizations, but yeah, 
vast majority of them, and, and when we do some research every year, and our research showed about 70% of organizations oversee a massive operational burden on their teams as they continue to increase the use of these machine identities. So, uh, you know, they want to obviously minimize burden. You know, they're struggling to get the, the, the right number of people, um, you know, staff in particular, to be able to do all the things that need to be done. So they need to now look towards how do I automate and how do I consolidate all of these things into a reasonable platform where I can continue to expand as my business initiatives continue to grow uh, without having to have the burden of the management or the consequences of not managing, which could be things like you know these stolen IDs or, or outages as it relates to certificates because they have to expire. So there's a lot at stake here for organizations to do this properly. And uh, yeah, they are... Uh, uh, you know, step, step one sort of is just figuring out how big the problem is for your organization, because, uh, you know, this becomes a foundation upon which future business decisions and future business initiatives will uh, will be based. Yeah. So so what are the, you know, kind of steps that uh, you guys at Key Factor take to solve these issues? Well, we, um, you know, we sort of have a, a simple to follow basic set of, of guidelines, but uh, you know, it really does start with figure out what the problem is in your organization. Do a complete inventory. Get full visibility in what's in the organization, where it lives, why is it there in the first place. And then from that, you can start to look at assigning ownership, uh, creating fo- cross-functional groups and really defining um, you know, who owns these credentials, because a, a single credential may have multiple owners. An example, uh, yeah, you may have a credential that represents a web server, but on that web server is also an application. Server goes down, the application will be down. Uh, so, so the interest of ownership may be spread across multiple different teams. Mapping that out and being able to, uh, to effectively manage that and effectively notify people when there's a lifecycle event that's going to happen, uh, so on and so forth. Yeah, and then then it's really just sort of gearing policies and practices to this sort of new reality of this is what we use to identify machines. Here is how uh, we're going to manage them on a go forward basis. Here is the things that need to be done by the application owners, the server owners, so on and so forth, uh, and to make that sort of uh, a part of the uh, of, of the entrenched culture. And then last but not least is is look to automate. Um, you know, once you have automation in place and, and you're not manually running around renewing credentials and trying to get them deployed to you know, these assets, uh, you can put yourself in a much better position to scale and keep your business secure and understand sort of that, that, that identity management or machine identity management doesn't have to be this, this massive laborious uh, albatross to the team. It can be very effective, very efficient. And, you know, the net of that is it puts you in a spot where you can be very agile with crypto. Uh, in the organization, not only from a just sort of lifecycle management standpoint, but also from an incident management standpoint. Uh, if something happens in the organization or something happens in industry that requires you to make a change, uh, you are going to be prepared for that. And it's not, again, going to be a very manual set of steps that, that force you to go out and, and, and you know, work weekends and evenings to update crypto. It should be as simple as sort of the click of a, of a mouse click and a, and a button and say, please re- redeploy this crypto with these new parameters. And that should happen in an automated way. So it'll really enhance the business's ability to be able to use machine identity and cryptography sort of hand in hand because they're, they're, they're somewhat codependent. Uh, to to create a sort of a new agile way for the business to move forward with new initiatives like cloud and zero trust and 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 putting these things into applications so that they can be uniquely identified and secure. 
Yeah, it's, it sounds like quite an exciting time uh, for the, the machine identity space. It sounds like there's quite a few kind of active current changes going on that's kind of shifting the way companies are, are feeling about everything. So in, in your personal opinion, you know, what does the world of machine identity look like in, in let's say, 10 years' time? It's a very interesting question because uh, there there are a number of things afoot right now that uh, that, that are really playing into this space. Yeah, there, there's a lot of uh, talk and conversation about what happens with uh, quantum computing and, and, and should quantum computing become reality uh, to a point where it could break existing algorithms, how are organizations going to be positioned to deal with that. But, you know, sort of boiling that down a little bit, uh, the reality is, is, is that the threat of quantum or, or just the evolution of computers alone are going to require us to change cryptographic algorithms how these these machine identities are derived using crypto, and it's going to re- require us to do that across the organization wholesale, you know, not sort of bits and pieces, because these threats are evolving and they're they're evolving on a, on, a, on an unknown timeline. So it's it's really you know forcing organizations to say, okay, in in the absence of a holistic way of managing, for instance, machine identities or cryptographic keys. How am I going to be able to respond to these types of, of, of big events that could be happening, uh, whether they happen or not? Because the risk of, of it could happen is driving a new set of cryptographic standards that everybody is going to have to adopt anyways. Um, so there, there's, there's a lot of things going on in organizations today that they're starting to look at, okay, how, are we prepared? Because that's a, that's a multi-year type of engagement for the organization. Some organizations are, are concerned about data being stolen now and stored and decrypted later, you know, once the computing power is available, be it, be it quantum-based or not, uh, how are they protecting against that? That's all driving change in these cryptographic standards that organizations are, are not able to be nimble enough with unless they have in place some sort of a plan of a strategy to be able to automate these things and to be able to know where to go to replace those algorithms in the first place. So there is an evolution of, of that from a, from a maturing of cryptographic standards and protocols and the threat of quantum. And then just you know, the everyday care and feeding, if you will, uh, still needs to be done. So in the interim between you know, here and, and some point in the future, uh, certificates have to expire, they have to be rolled over, they have to uh, be updated. Um, you know, just in the same way that a user might have to reset their password, um, you know, an X509 cert needs to be reissued on a, on a periodic basis. Uh, and that creates overhead to organizations. And they're just simply looking to simplify that overhead through the use of, of technology and, uh, and things like automation to make sure that they, they don't need a much larger group of people, which they can't find because of labor shortages to go out and, and make their, their organization sufficient. So it really has sort of created this interesting um, um, spot in the industry where all of a sudden this has sort of fallen on the radar. Uh, organizations are realizing that they're playing a bit from behind. And uh, yeah, looking forward, they realize that there's a lot more coming their way that, uh, that if they don't get it right now and start to move in a direction, they're probably going to be at a, at a disadvantage, if not significant risk. Yeah, I think that's a really important point to make. And that that kind of does quite nicely bring us full circle back to, you know, why companies need to care and why they need to care right now or face the consequences later. Chris, thank you so much for your time today. It was really, really great to get your insights. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thank you so much for having me on. No worries at all. And thank you to everyone who listened to our conversation as well. If you would like more information on what we discussed today, make sure you head on over to keyfactor.com.
We'll be back next week with another episode in our podcast series. But until then, make sure you subscribe to this podcast on all major platforms. Follow the conversation on our socials at EM360Tech on Twitter and LinkedIn. And for more great daily content, please head on over to EM360Tech.com. Thank you.